All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer then. Father God, um, I just pray that you still our hearts and minds right now as we approach your holy word. Father, it's your word that changes us. It's your word that communicates with us. And so, Father, uh, we know it doesn't matter who brings it. What matters is that the word is brought. And, uh, Father, we just pray now that our hearts and our minds and our souls are just ready to receive your word. And, Father, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who guides and and, and vibes us. And just, Father, just we're so grateful to be here with one another, with brothers and sisters. And, Father, may all that we say, do, and think at this time just glorify you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, what I want to share with you is um, a hard issue, I guess you could say. Um, when we look in Scripture, we see certain individuals that just had a heart for God that, you know, when I look at them, it just kind of blows me away because I think, my goodness, how in love they are with God. And so I kind of want to go through some Scriptures and see... What helps us develop that heart for God like they had? Uh, I want to look a couple of Old Testament guys just real quick just to mention them uh, in Genesis 5, 23 and 24. You all know Enoch. It says Enoch walked with God 365 years and then bam, God took him. I have to wonder why. And I think the, the, the whole picture there is of a man that was so in love with God that God said, you know what? Rather than you be down there, I need you up here. And it's just amazing to think that there was somebody that walked with God that closely every day of his life. And, and then we think of uh, Abraham, uh, especially in the situation where he was going to sacrifice his son to God. I mean, I look upon that story and think, could I do that? Could, could I do that? Do I love God that much and trust God that much? And, and, you know, there's hesitation. I don't know. I honestly don't know if I could do that. But I know Abraham did. Abraham was an amazing man as he walked with God and trusted God. And he didn't walk it perfectly all the time, but yet his heart was towards God. And in Luke 24, 32, the first part, remember um, after Christ was uh, crucified, uh, a couple of the disciples were on the road to Emmaus. And they're, they're, they're downtrodden. They're, they're bummed. And so as they're walking, this third individual comes up and says, kind of like, hey, guys, what's up? You kind of look down. Uh, what's going on? And they looked and like, you're the only guy that doesn't know what's going on. And so they told them about Jesus. And then all of a sudden, this stranger starts espousing to them the scriptures about Jesus from Old Testament to, to the present day. And it said, did not our hearts burn within us when he said these things? There was a, there was a physical attraction, a physical uh, inside their, their very soul that when Jesus spoke this word, there was an attraction there. So we see that uh, the first place we have to start if we're going to get a heart for God is we got to want it. Every good relationship is based upon wanting that relationship. And if, if, if all we come to Jesus for is to get saved, oh my, what we are missing out on. I mean, salvation's great, amen? Praise God, hallelujah. We can lift up holy hands to that. But what God wants more than anything else is he wants that relationship with you, one-on-one. -on -one. And that is where it starts. You know, say, say you're dating somebody, you're looking at those people and, or that person, and you say, you know, I really want to know that person. And it takes work, doesn't it? And beloved, let me tell you, if you think you can shortchange God and the work experience, you can't. You have to want that relationship so, so much. 
And why wouldn't you? Here's the one who went to the cross and died for your sins, for my sins, simply because he loved us. And there was no other way to make us right before the Father. So that's where it starts. And then secondly, that moves on to obeying the word of God. Um, Again, it says that the, the two disciples said that their hearts burned as he opened the scriptures to them. It was the scriptures he used to communicate with them. 1 Corinthians 9.16, talking about Paul, he says, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. And Isaiah 55.11 says, The word of God accomplishes what it sets out to do. Let me ask you this. How important is the Bible to you today? You know, I see a disturbing trend across all Christianity right now. We're moving away from the Bible into podcasts, streaming, sermons, uh, commentaries. And those things are good. Don't get me wrong. They can teach us some things. But they are not the one-on-one relationship that we have with God through God's holy word, the Bible. You see, beloved, it's, it's the enemy is really trying really hard to fill you with, with a lot of information about God. But what God wants to fill you with is intimacy. He wants intimacy. You know, it says that knowledge puffeth up, gets us prideful. You know, you might be the trivia king of Winnemucca. I don't know. Or the trivia queen. You know, nobody wants to go up against you. But the question is, how closely do you know your God? How close are you walking with Jesus? You see, the only way that God has made it mainly today is he communicates through this, amen? And it depends on how much you're in this. I mean, uh, how would it be, say, those of you that are married, if uh, your spouse said, hey, honey, let's go talk. Go, no, uh, I don't feel like talking today. Uh, I got a recording of what you said last week. I'll listen to that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll catch up with you later. Well, isn't that what we do to God when every day we, we, just, we say, we don't need this today. We just don't need it. And that's the exact same thing we're doing with him. How do we know his heart? How do we know his mind if not through this? There, I mean, sure, you can get facts. An atheist can read this and get facts. But they can't get the relationship, can they? Because that's Holy Spirit empowered. It's God touching you with his word, his mind. This is everything that we need for life right here. It addresses every issue. You're depressed, you're happy, you're you're angry, all these things that are addressed right here and God speaks to you through his word and the Holy Spirit then empowers. Um, in Psalm 119.10, uh, if you want to know how important the word is, read Psalm 119. And I hope everybody's read that. It's the longest psalm in the Bible, but man, it is packed with good stuff. But it says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. There's that heart issue again. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. And, and if you want to put, instead of commandments, just say from your Bible, from your words. Because the psalmist there says, you know, I know how important it is to know you, and it's through your word, your revealed word, that I get to have a communion with you and an understanding of you. And the deeper I get to know you, the more I love you. And that's what the disciples saw. They hung out with Jesus week after week after week. In Psalm 119, 161, it says, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of thy word. Here was this, this, the psalmist saying, You know, I am in awe that you have loved me enough to let me know exactly what you want me to do and how you want me to relate to you and to my world and to those around me. You know, it's amazing to think that uh, 
Scripture says, by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love one towards another. How important is love to God? He drains it down into love for one another. And how do we get to know to love one another here? It's by fellowship, right? Getting into one another's lives. That's how those hearts are, are made. Psalm 40, verse 8 says, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. And we know Scripture says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's coming out of your mouth in relationship with the Father? Do you know God better today than you did a year ago? I pray so. I pray we all can say amen to that. And now here's a third one that might seem a little out of place, but, but it's, it really isn't. It's a concern for the lost. Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is the go ye therefore and make disciples. You all know that one. And 1 Corinthians 9, 20 through 22 says, Paul, relating to those that he met along the way, he says, unto the Jews, I became a Jew. Unto those under the law, I became as one under the law. To one those without the law, I became as one without the law. In other words... You don't get any closer to the heart of God than you do when you start reaching out and witnessing. <clears throat> because what is at the heart of everything God did for you and me? Forgiveness, grace, mercy. That's the heart of God. And if we refuse to embark upon that holy commandment of sharing our faith, we'll never get close enough to that heart of God. Because that's what God's all about. He's about love. He's about forgiveness. He's about grace. He's about second chances, third chances, hundred chances. He's a God that restores and builds up and edifies. He's a God that says, look, I don't care how far down you are. I've got a hand to lift you up. And beloved, you and I are the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. And the closer we get to the heart of God in this aspect of our walk with him, the closer we really do get to the heart of God. <clears throat> then another one, um, and, and this is what the, the church in Acts lived with every day. They were so excited about this thought, believing that the Lord could return today. You know, uh, it, it's funny how over centuries, you know, critics of the Bible says, well, well where's, where's Christ? He said he was coming back. And yes, he is. And yes, today could be the day. And we need to live that way, brothers and sisters. We need to live with that vividly in our mind that today is the day that Christ could return. So how are we behaving today? What is our priority today? Who are we loving into the kingdom today? Who are we forgiving and showing grace to today? Because today is all you have. You know that? There's not one person in this room that is given tomorrow yet. You may not. You know Time and time again, you, you read about young people dying in accidents or having heart attacks lately, you know, uh, just all kinds of weird things happening. But, beloved, live with the expectancy that today is the day Christ may return and it'll get you to the heart of the fact that God says, I'm not going to be a minute early or a minute late. I'm going to be right on time and I want you there with me when I'm there. So think that way, you know. You know, say like this way. Sorry, I rented lips today. Uh, there are times when we, we so look for somebody to come back. We know they're coming back. Say, say it's a spouse that's been gone for a week or two, and they're coming back, and we're so excited to have them come back. We can't wait. Well, Jesus has promised to come back, and today could be the day. 
live with that expectancy. It gets us closer to the heart of God. It's called faith. And it's called trust. And another way we build up our heart for God is through encouragement to and from one another. Do you ever know in your own life how much encouragement means to you? Do you like to be encouraged? You know, there are so many scriptures. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 uses the words in the King James, that's what I use, is provoking and exhorting. Now, today the word provoke isn't really a happy word, but in King James it was. It was the idea of spurring someone on to good works and spurring people on in the body to love one another. Do we need to be provoked and exhorted to do those things? Why do you think we do? Why do you think Scripture put that in there? Why do you think we need to be provoked and exhorted to love one another? It doesn't come natural, does it? If it's not in your circle of friends, so to speak. If you don't know somebody, it's hard to love them. Which gives me back my first point. How do you, know, how do you love God if you don't know Him? You can be grateful. I'm grateful for the trash guys every Wednesday. I don't really love them. In Christ I'm supposed to, but here's the point. If you're going to love somebody, you have to get in their lives. Smiles are free. Handshakes, pat on the backs are free. You know, hugs are appropriate, you bet. Uh, a kind word, asking somebody about their day. You know, there, there's, there's so many broken people out there. They're broken, they're lost, they don't know what to do. And you and I have the answer. And we need to spur one another on to share our faith. I know everybody hates that word witness and really get that out of your mind then. Just sharing your faith. Let's leave it at that. Sharing about your best friend, Jesus. Period. That's not hard, I wouldn't think. First um, Thessalonians 5.11 uh, says to comfort ourselves together and to edify one another. You know what makes a strong church? A church that knows one another. A church that cares about one another. A church is doing these things, you know, building one another up. Because when you go out those doors, what's the world going to do to you? It's going to tear you down. It's going to tell you this Christianity thing is a joke. And if you don't know your Savior who you're walking with, if you don't know your brothers and sisters who are there for you, you know they got your back when things go wrong, then you might start listening. And we don't want that to happen. Another way of doing it is seeing the faith of others. I don't know about you, but I love reading biographies of, of men and women that had great faith. Because, you know, here's the neat part. The same Jesus in them is the same Jesus in you. The only difference was they trusted. And they trusted God to do great things in them. Uh, Romans 1.8, uh, Paul thank the Romans for their faith that was spoken of throughout many, many areas he went to. And in 1 Thessalonians 1.8, he talked about to those at Thessalonica about their faith going to Macedonia and Achaia. He said, you know, they're, they're talking about you guys all over the place down there. I wonder how many people are talking about folks that go to Grass Valley Baptist. Are you sharing your faith? 
Are you being encouraged by the faith of those that do share their faith? I'll pick on Rob for a minute. Um, I really get encouraged by seeing Rob when he goes to some of these car shows and stuff and he's out there with his little water bottle carriage and he's sharing the faith and he's not doing it for any other reason than he loves the Lord. And I've seen others of you in this church that do that. Uh, I have a great time with uh, Brother Daryl who I know loves the Lord and loves sharing the word of God with everybody he meets. Jeremy, you've talked about it. I know Arnold has in CMA. Uh, you know, just, just the joy of sharing that faith with one another. And as we see others do it, we realize, hey, I can do that too. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Then another thing we need is commitment to the will of God. Psalmist said in 40 verse 8, he says, I delight to do thy will, O God. Do you delight to do God's will? I mean, when you get up in the morning, is that something that's on your mind saying, Lord, whatever you want today, I just, I just enjoy doing whatever it is you're going to have me do. Maybe, maybe it's just, you're like Laurel, she takes cookies to her neighbors, you know. It's, uh, he's never told me to take cookies to anybody, so there's a reason for that. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> but there's so many little ways um, that God uses us, simple ways. You don't have to be dramatic. You know, you don't have to park the cars on Bridge Street and walk down and do that kind of stuff. It's just, just little things that we can do that show that you care and then you can share with the reason why you care. And it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The psalmist also said, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. There's another verse that says, thy law have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You see, the will of God through his word has to be implanted not only here, but here. You know, it takes effort. Every relationship takes effort. And then, I didn't know how to phrase this one, so I'm just going to throw it out there. A real love for the Lord. You know, there, there are different types of love, isn't there? There's friendship love, there's the intimacy of love between a husband and wife, and children, family, that type of thing. But the love I'm talking about is, is the type of love that Christ grows in us, and only he can grow it in us. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that has... Uh, a very singular eye, so to speak. Psalm 116.1 says, I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my supplications. You know, God is listening to you. You know, sometimes we wonder, why aren't my prayers being answered? And, and that's a whole other sermon. But let me tell you, God hears your prayers if you're his child. He hears them before you even speak them. In 104.34 it says, My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Are those your feelings to God today? Are you so enamored with God that just the, the, the joy of opening this word and talking with him, the joy of walking along the road and just praying to him, talking with him, or just acknowledging the fact that he is with you everywhere you go. Is that something that is really exciting to you and enjoyable? Or are you letting the world kind of crowd in on you and you don't really hear that voice like you used to? 
You really don't have time. So many things are vying against you. Beloved, we'll never have a real love for God until we spend that time with Him. Again, bringing up Abraham and Isaac. In 1 John 4.19, we love Him because He first loved us. He showed us a path. He showed us an example of what love really is. John 12.3, where we have Mary anointing Jesus' feet. I mean, when you think about how epic that was at that time of, in the culture, and it was, that, that was amazing that she took that very precious oil and anointed his feet with her hair. What a picture of love. And then just two more. Uh, another one is cautious living. Uh, Psalm 24, 3 and 4 says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? who shall stand in his holy place. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, not lifted his soul up into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. How important in your relationship is honesty and purity with God to him? It's very important. When we approach him, we approach because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we approach because we're forgiven, we're set apart, we're loved. But God says, you're my kids, and I want you to walk the right way. So we need to be careful how we live. Matthew 5, 8 said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I don't think that necessarily means that we're going to have a visible manifestation of him, but we'll see him here, and we'll know him here, and we'll see him work through us and through all of you. And then finally, I say this one for last because the little story that goes with this, uh, it, I have a hard time sharing it, and I'll be the first to admit that I cried at Bambi one time, the movie. Just, I don't know why, but I did. But anyhow, this one is called Total Trust in God. When we get to that point where there's no barriers to our trusting God, that, that we have full faith in Him, True story about uh, a mom. Her name was Mary, and uh, she gave birth to a little boy named Billy. Uh, they were both infected with AIDS, big time. Not just a little bit, but big time. And um, they were released after the birth. They were released <coughs> to go home. Uh, they were on some meds, and the baby was on some meds as much as possible. But they knew that within three or four years, they would have to be in hospice. So anyhow, at the end of that three or four years, uh, the mom and the little boy went into hospice. And uh, they remained in hospice for about nine months, I think they said, that this is the nurse that was telling the story. And uh, the little boy and mom were very, very close, just enjoyed one another so much. And um, he was definitely going to go before the mom went. And one day he was laying on his bed, and it was pretty close to the end. And he calls the nurse in, and he says, can you do me a favor? And he's like around four or five years old. And she says, sure, what can I do? She says, when, when I die, will you bury me in a red shirt? And she says, a red shirt, why? He says, well, uh, mommy says when I get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of kids. And we're going to be playing. And he says, and mommy says, I have to go first. And he says, I want the red shirt so when I'm amongst all those kids playing, my mom 
will be able to see me. Because he says, heaven isn't going to be heaven without mommy. Now the point of this story is, is that that's how we should have that total trust in God. This little boy trusted so much that he was going to see his mom. She was going to be there. That he wanted that red shirt when they buried him. Do you have that same trust in Christ? Do you still trust and know that no matter what happens, God is there for you? He will always be there for you. Do you have that kind of love and commitment to him to say, hey, look, no matter what he says, no matter what happens to me, I have a Savior, I have a God that is always there for me, no matter my performance or not. Because, beloved, you and I both know we blow it a lot, don't we? We do. We all blow it a lot. But isn't that just the grace and the love and the forgiveness of a holy, righteous God? When Scripture says God is love. So, beloved, I just pray that all of us, all of us can get to that point where our hearts are so attuned to wanting to be close to Jesus. And to, and to let that life be lived out in us amongst ourselves. In our homes, you know, with our spouses. Show the love, show the grace, show the forgiveness. Endurance and patience that this walk and this, this sinful body that we're in is going to exact out of us. With our co-workers. With those we meet, and you know, the, those, those annoying people we meet in life that just haven't got their act together like you and me. You know, <laughs> those people that you're going to meet every day in your life. I just pray that we let the Holy Spirit work through us so that his life, his life comes out of us. That's why Paul said, you know, I die daily. I have to die daily because otherwise I'm on the throne and he's, he's not. And like Paul intimidated, intimated, how that word is. Um, he's God, I'm not. He knows best. And I hope that's your desire today. And if not, then I hope maybe some of these little things have, have helped you to see that there are things we can do to foster that relationship because it takes effort to get closer to God. God's right there waiting for you. We're the ones who always are moving. And I pray, you know, that, uh, that we get to that point where uh, he is our everything. One scripture I'll end with here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 8 through 10. And this is, this is Paul. He says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. You know, it's hard to think of Paul saying, I just wish I were dead. You know, you just don't think that coming out of him. But here he was. And he says, But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves but in God, which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver and whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. And beloved, one day that trumpet's going to blow and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and Christ shall descend with a shout of the archangel and we're all going home. And all this stuff we've gone through, bam, it's done, it's gone, forget it. And I hope we live with that expectancy every day because it will happen.